0: I'm Pam Stone and welcome to Natural Health Simplified, where we help you cut through the noise and provide simple science-based strategies to help you live a healthy life. Now it's well established that various nutrients are essential for good immune function. And diet, of course, is always our best source of these nutrients. So a nutrient-dense, well-balanced diet is our go-to for immune health. But is there more to it? Today, we're going to focus on some of the key nutrients that are well-researched for their role in healthy immune system function. And to bring us these insights, it's my great pleasure to welcome the Director of Blackmoor's Institute and well-known author, Leslie Braun. Hi, Leslie. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Pam. How are you going? Yeah, very well. Look, I'm really looking forward to talking to you about this topic because there's just so much information out there and it can be so difficult to know what to do and what to believe. So I'm going to cut to the chase and my first question would be, Tell us about vitamin C. You hear conflicting information about its role, you know, what works, what doesn't. How how do we use vitamin C for immune function? Can you tell us more about that?
1: Uh, Look, Pam, I think that when people think about immunity, they always think about vitamin C. Mm. I mean, vitamin C's got a really big reputation and it's been really well known for a long time. Um, I think it's because it's over half a century ago when the researchers discovered that vitamin C was really important for a whole range of different aspects of the immune function. Mm. So I think it's built a reputation over time because of that. And as time goes by, we're starting to get more scientific evidence helping us to understand what actually vitamin C does in the body as well. That's fantastic, because
0: sometimes a reputation can kind of get out of control, can't it? And then you're sort of not sure (laughs) where where the evidence is, what to believe and, and so on. But this is sounding very interesting. So tell us about the science and how we can use vitamin C.
1: Yeah, look, there's been a lot of research that shows vitamin C has a direct activity on a range of cells that are really important for immune defense. Mm -hmm. So it can increase their activity. It can also modulate their function. Mm -hmm. So things like neutrophils and macrophages, for example. Mm. Um, But the other thing vitamin C can do is limit the damage to tissues that can occur due to inflammation. And inflammation is a natural part of the immune response as well. Fantastic. So
0: how do we use vitamin C to achieve all those benefits? So I
1: think when you look at vitamin C, it's one of those things that we need to take every single day mm-hmm. and it helps us to defend from infection. So I guess how I would describe it is that it helps our body keep a problem, this problem small and prevents it from getting too big. Okay. Because if your immune system is working really well and you're really healthy, you're much more likely to deal with things quicker Mm. Before they, bego- they become out of control, so I guess that's how I look at vitamin C. Mm. So make sure you're
0: getting enough vitamin C every day ideally, so that it's giving this continual benefit to the immune
1: to immune function. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. A lot of people don't realize but the body doesn't store vitamin C. Right. And it doesn't last very long in the body either, so you really need to have vitamin C every single day. Right. Not one of those ones you can top up on Sunday
0: and it'll just kind of keep you going all no. week. Okay, good. <laughs> good it's a know. bit like
1: the gym. You've just got to keep going Right, I'm going.
0: <laughs> true. Sad but true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Look, there's been a lot of work um, on vitamin C with respiratory infections amongst other things. And, in fact, there has been some clinical trials suggesting that if people have vitamin C on a regular basis it does reduce their risk of developing a full-blown cold. And some of the research has been done with both adults and also with children. Mm. And you know, like I said before, it's really important to have on a daily basis. And unfortunately, we know a lot of people don't eat fresh fruits and veggies on a daily basis. So mm. they're likely to have low levels of vitamin C. So they're the ones that are going to experience the most benefit. Okay. Now
0: that's good to know. Yes, it can take quite a bit of, of a commitment to make sure you're eating enough oranges or whatever might be the, the best food sources. But sounds like that's the way to go. Take it every day and it can help us avoid getting the, the, the horrible full-blown cold if we're taking enough. So what doses, on that note, what doses would you recommend?
1: Well, the most popular dose is 1,000 milligram a day for adults. Okay. Um, some that's a few oranges, that, I would imagine. Sorry to interrupt. A lot of yeah. or- Did you know that 1,000 milligram of vitamin C, you would have to eat 14 oranges? Oh, yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, you know, it's one of those things that's going to be a little bit hard to get you there with your diet. Mm-hmm. Um but there's been some studies that have even shown that at the first sign of a cold, you can even go higher. Okay. Um, there's been some research showing even up to eight grams a day. But I'd recommend you take that in small doses on a regular basis, right. not as one big hit. It's right. a lot for your stomach to deal with. Yes, that does sound so, yes. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> okay, the yeah. other thing is people like chewable vitamin C. I have to mm. say on my mm. desk in my office, I've also got some chewable vitamin C. Mm. But my recommendation there is make sure you look for the low sugar, you know, particularly no sugar versions because mm. a lot of them contain a lot of sugar. Mm. And also vitamin C is quite acidic. So right. that's another thing we need to think about. If you're going to have chewable vitamin C's that you really do need to protect your teeth by, um, you know, rinsing with some water afterwards. Yeah, oh, that's a good tip because,
0: yes, obviously chewable tablets are appealing because not all of us like swallowing tablets and especially if you feel you need to top up your food intake every day. But, yes, yeah, so chewable's good and just wash your mouth out if it's, you know, to, just to avoid yeah, any. with, with water, and, and, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and make sure that there's no sugar lurking in that tablet either to make it taste better or something like that. So that's, yeah. that's good. And, look, some of us – Probably I think aren't even getting to square one with our fruit and veg intake. So what really are some of the top food sources of vitamin C especially if we don't want to have all those oranges every day necessarily? <laughs> what where should we be focusing with our food?
1: There was a statistic that came out from Australia showing that 90% of Australians don't eat the adequate amount of fresh fruit and vegetables on a daily basis. Oh gosh, there you go. It's mm. it's pretty it's pretty bad. Mm. Um, there's also been evidence showing people who smoke cigarettes have got mm. higher requirements of okay. vitamin C. And also, we know a lot of diabetics, to try and reduce the amount of sugar in their diet, they also start to strip out fruit. Mm. So, there are people at
0: greater risk than, than the average and, and, and who should particularly be thinking about topping up their vitamin C. But it sounds like all of us should be focusing on yeah. the food rich <laughs> sources of vitamin C as as a First step as well. So, that's right. And yeah, look yeah. in
1: ter- in terms of foods, it's funny because you keep mentioning oranges, and they're <laughs> yeah. probably the most well-known source of vitamin C. But there's actually quite a few veggies, like you know, dark green leafy vegetables, mm-hmm. parsley, um, mm. capsicums a really good source. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, and, and besides oranges, there's berries and kiwi fruit. They're also great for vitamin C. Oh, that's good. And probably
0: that variety sounds like it's a good. Approach to take as well. So, so yep. the evidence seems. So there is good evidence from what you're saying. There's sound evidence seems to be sat telling us that vitamin C regularly can help us avoid getting a full blown cold. And maybe we should
1: take it preventively as well. so yeah. yeah. Well, Pam, there's one last little tip that a lot mm. of people aren't aware of is it's not just the foods you choose, but it's also how you cook them. Ah, oh, yes. Tell us about that. So, so vitamin C is one of those um, nutrients that's really sensitive to heat and light. Mm. And in fact, people don't realize that you can actually top up your plate with all the right stuff, but if you cook it for too long, you can lose up to 100% of the vitamin C content. Mm. So, you know, people might fill out a diet diary and go, oh, I am having all these wonderful vegetables. And look, it looks right. But because they've boiled them up too much, mm. they're not actually ingesting the vitamin C that they thought they would oh. They would be. So, you know, I guess the tip there is fresh is best or just lightly cook your food. Mm. That, that's the best
0: way to preserve the vitamin C. And steam rather than boil probably is right too, is it? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so vitamin C does qualify as a superstar nutrient for our immune system. What other nutrients have we important roles in our immune system health?
1: Well, one of the most important minerals is actually zinc. Yeah. So zinc is a superstar. It's one of my favourites. There's so much research on zinc that's been coming through in the last decade. Mm. Um, but particularly, it's very good for specific and non-specific immune responses. Okay. What, fact, what does that mean? It's, well, there's been a body of evidence. It's you know that's built up over the last fifty years. Mm-hmm. And not only does it help our own body mount a good immune response, but also it's got some direct antiviral activity against mm. a range of different viruses. So um, you're getting two things there. You're getting an immune response from your body, mm. as well as zinc actually fighting against some viruses as well. Ah, it sounds like a good one to
0: rely on as well. So tell us a little bit more about zinc.
1: Well, zinc is one of those things that actually is deficiency of zinc is surprisingly common. Ah. We know that iron deficiency is you know the number one mineral deficiency, but after that it comes zinc. In fact, globally up to 20% of people are actually deficient in zinc Gosh. and it even happens here in Australia. Oh, goodness. Um, Yeah, there was a study that was done in 2011 that showed that about 40% of men were zinc deficient. So it can happen everywhere.
0: Oh, gosh. So, Leslie, how how might we know if we're likely to be, sorry, zinc deficient?
1: (laughs) Well, there's particular types of people that are going to be more at risk. Mm -hmm. So your vegans vegetarians, and even the elderly. But it's not just those groups. Um, You know, several years ago, I was in practice and I tended to find teenage girls were coming in with regular colds and flus Mm. and missing a lot of school. And, you know, when I take a diet history, I'd find that They really didn't have very good diets. They were really quite fussy Mm. and you could pick up that they weren't having zinc-rich foods. So often I would recommend more zinc Mm. and really the results were fantastic. It was really as
0: simple as that. Isn't it great? So any tips on where to get zinc in our diet? Well, you
1: find zinc mainly in meat and fish and poultry, which is why vegans and vegetarians mm, are going to be at risk. Sure, yeah. um, You can find a bit of zinc, though, also in pumpkin seeds. Um, oysters are a great source, but mm. again, they're not everyone's cup of tea. No, you don't have and, them every day. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, oats and eggs, nuts, and even even tofu's got a little bit of zinc in there. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that's really important to think about is that when you take, when you take zinc in, in the diet, the way we absorb it can actually be affected by these other natural chemicals in foods called phytates. Okay. And, and what the phytates do is phytates can bind to the zinc in your food, and you reduce you get the reduced absorption. So they bind together and you're not getting the zinc you thought you would. And you find these phytates in things like grains and legumes. So it's really important to have your zinc rich foods at a different time to these phytate rich foods. So you get the most out of your zinc. Oh, that's that's a very important point then. So
0: are you perhaps saying that if you have a zinc supplement to top up your dietary intake, maybe don't have it with breakfast, particularly if, if like me, you might have muesli or some other grain-based meal for breakfast. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be the best way to make sure you've got maximal absorption. Obviously, if you're having some eggs, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, The other tip is to avoid drinking coffee at the same time Mm -hmm. or even taking iron supplements at the same time because they can also interfere with zinc absorption and you won't be getting everything that you think you were getting from your supplement. Oh, this is the
0: all-important advice, of course, that can make, I, I imagine can make all the difference even when we're trying to do the right thing. So I really like these simple practical tips that we may not be aware of to get the most from our nutrients. Now, I also wanted to ask you about vitamin D, actually, and its role in immune system health because another, it's another one that I've heard a bit about, and I actually heard the other day that over 20% of us have an inadequate vitamin D status. So can you tell us about that and whether that makes any
1: difference to our immune system health? Vitamin D is one of those other superstars. I know people think about vitamin C, but vitamin D really is another superstar. We should all be thinking about when we think about immunity. Ah, good. But I think the reason why people don't often think about vitamin D is because we tend to think about it in terms of growth and development, you know, bones and teeth and skeletons Mm. and stuff like that. But it's actually vital for immune health and it helps with regulating our inflammatory responses as well. Mm. You know, and as you mentioned, Pam, a low vitamin D, it's really more prevalent than a lot of people realise. Right. And in fact, there's been a range of studies suggesting that low vitamin D can actually put you at higher risk of acute viral respiratory infections. Oh, gosh. Okay, so there is
0: evidence backing up the link between vitamin D or low vitamin D status and immune function. So how do we make sure we're getting what we need? Well, vitamin D
1: is also known as the sunshine vitamin for Uh good reason. So when our skin's exposed to UV light from sunlight, our body can actually create vitamin D in our skin. But in fact, as we get older, we don't do it as well. We become really inefficient at creating vitamin D. Mm -hmm. But the problem is there are actually very few good sources of vitamin D. So it's really hard to get enough vitamin D through the diet. right? In fact, um, you can only get its – it's been estimated about 5 to 10% of vitamin D comes from the diet. Wow. So, you know, getting some sunlight on your skin is really important. But there's a lot of people who can't do that. Um, yes. Yeah. Now, people who work and live indoors, um, I mean – I know, you know, Pam, sometimes we think about it around the kitchen table. You know, we think, well, did we go outside this week? Mm. You know. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and, and even though we live in the sunshine
0: country mostly, uh, it's true that some, some of us do just work indoors all day, all week, and in reality you, you're quite right. Do we
1: get enough sun? Yeah. I, you know, we don't even think about it. And, you know, we might be working all day. We come home, we have dinner, it's dark. But also, you know, slip, stop, slap, which is really important to protect our skin from sunshine. Mm. But um, we do need some sunshine. And it's, you know, it's not just us. It's, you know, people as they get older, people who actually are obese have got a higher vitamin D requirement. Mm. Then if you think about all those people who are in hospitals for long terms or elderly care homes, you know, they're at risk mm. and also people who've got darker skin because, in fact, darker skin is almost like having an SPF factor ah. in your
0: skin. Oh, interesting, because we absorb it through our skin and that becomes a bit of a
1: barrier, That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so in fact, you know, there's been some research suggesting that people with naturally darker skin might need up to six times mm. more sun exposure than a fair-skinned person to make the same amount of vitamin D. Oh, that's interesting as
0: well. So, Leslie, if if I actually do mostly work indoors five days a week, say, and I just cannot have the opportunity to get out into the sun most days – What's the best advice on how to avoid vitamin D deficiency? I think one
1: of the things that's really important is to get tested. I ah, think having okay. it, having your own level so you know where you're starting from is really important. Right, good. Um, but there has been actually lots of clinical trials over the last 10 years that has been confirming that vitamin D supplementation does reduce the risk of developing an acute respiratory infection, mm. particularly if you take it over the susceptible months of the year, you know, over the cold season. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of the reviews looked at 25 trials and came to this finding. So it's pretty robust. Mm. Okay. When you look at the preventative effects though, it, it seems to vary depending on which trial you look at. So some trials are showing 12% reduction, mm-hmm. others are showing up to 75%. Oh, wow. Gosh. Um, so, you know, what, what I'm thinking and is that it depends on your your base level of vitamin D. You know, if you're Mm. starting off very low and then you increase, you're going to get a better effect. But if you're starting off at a pretty good level, you know, you're already quite in the right spot. Yeah, that um, makes sense, yeah. The the thing that's interesting is a lot of the vitamin D research included school children Mm -hmm. and it included adults, the elderly, people with pre-existing disease, you know, really across the board the results mm. were there.
0: Mm. It's interesting because we are doing such a good job these days in having uh, sensible sun protection and we obviously need to, but we just need against that to get a little bit of sunshine for our vitamin D. So that's it's so important to flag that. So thank thank you for highlighting that. So So we've talked about two vitamins and the mineral zinc. Any other minerals that qualify that we should know about? Sure.
1: Look, the last one is a mineral called selenium. Uh-huh. And you know we don't need much of it, but it really packs a big punch. Yeah. Um, it's one of those essential minerals, which means our body can't make it. So we need to get it through our diet on a regular basis. Okay. And um, it plays a role in many different aspects of immune function. We know that if you increase blood levels of selenium, it has a, a favorable effect on nearly every component of immune health. Nice. And it can also reduce inflammation And it's an important antioxidant, which is actually the same as zinc. Zinc's a really important antioxidant as Ah, well. Oh, that's so interesting. It's
0: obviously another nutrient that's working for us in the background in ways that we're not really appreciating. So where can we find selenium in our diet? Uh, One of
1: the best sources are Brazil nuts. Ah, (laughs) We've got a lot of selenium. Ah. But you can also get selenium in eggs, brown rice, wholemeal bread, tuna, and salmon. Okay. Um, You often find when you look in multivitamin supplements – you'll see that it's one of those small little minerals down the bottom because of its all-round effects.
0: Mm, Okay. Oh, so we must remember selenium. Definitely sounds like it qualifies. Well, Leslie, they say an army runs on its stomach and it would appear that our immune system forces also need proper nourishment to do their job and you've really pointed that out with the evidence on those particular superstar nutrients. Mm -hmm. So as we wrap up, what are your top tips
1: for us in this area? Look, it can be really confusing, so I'm going to make it really simple. Mm -hmm. Our nutrient superstars for immune health are vitamin C, Mm -hmm. vitamin D, and the minerals zinc and selenium. Mm -hmm. And also, whilst a good diet is the foundation of good health, we discussed a lot of scientific evidence that shows that in some cases, you're going to need that nutritional upgrade beyond Mm. what you get in your diet to get you to those higher therapeutic levels. Mm. Yes, sounds like good advice. So, Leslie,
0: it's just been great hearing about the evidence and also learning from, from you the simple tips that we can put into practice, which is really what it's all about. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic. Oh, my pleasure, Pam, as always. You've been listening to Natural Health Simplified, powered by Blackmores Institute. Thanks for joining us today. As always, you can find this episode's links in our show notes. And if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch at info at org. I'm Pam Stone. Tune in next time when we will dig deeper into the immune essentials and discuss when lifestyle or life stage may call for additional nutrients.